Thanks to everyone last week who finally heard a coherent episode of the podcast. You guys have been amazing. I have been growing in listeners over the past two weeks, and I'm happy to share with you my third. Now, last week I received some great feedback, and it prompted me to really follow the advice of a few friends and listeners uh, to continue episode three as the next step in building a business. When we have an idea, we get super excited about it. I personally get all giddy and I don't want to stop until the plan is done. It's invigorating, inspiring, it's exciting. And honestly, when we get excited over a new idea, we know will actually work in the market, our physiology completely changes. The neurochemicals in our brain actually release dopamine, which gives us that happy little kick to get started. We get on fire with ideas. We get over the top, and this usually is our inspiration state. We like to feel like we can take over the world in this stage. But what's in an idea? Just because we can attempt to see the future doesn't mean it always happens that way. So even before you justify how it could work, we need to look at an exit strategy. And how we can really recover from a failure even before it becomes one. Failure should never be an option, but many times that one track line of thinking causes the inevitable and then leadership loses its cool. When you don't prepare, you aren't ready to deal with possibilities that could happen at any moment. This is why acts of God are still in insurance clauses. We need to be ready. In a time or in time, when things get off the tracks, as the leader and founder, you can't show fear, stress, anxiety, worry, indecision. You have to think very quickly and make those split decisions that could affect up to 100 people under your care. And this is a really scary thought. Having a business expanding quickly, finding success, then being faced with the worst of it. Having these contingency or exit strategies let you go straight to the solutions first without time or money lost. So this episode is all about how we can come to grips with the possible problems and creating the best strategies so you can confidently move forward no matter what's thrown at you. Welcome to episode three of Hashtag Kill Your Gurus. You're looking for the capital. You have the idea. You're working on the plan and trying to get tangible ways to start that revenue coming in. Even the biggest business guys out there didn't trick themselves into thinking it would be all puppy dogs and rainbows and sunshine and champagne and all the rest of it. When you have a solid exit strategy, you have a solid plan to make it work. All right. In traditional business learnings, the exit strategy is the shutdown or succession plan. It assures the next generation that what will happen when the current executive team is ready to go vacation on the beaches of Baja indefinitely will affect them only minutely. It makes sure that in a corporate world, there's a plan in place to slow things down, even get out quick if the markets fail. It's a very important piece of the puzzle simply because when everything goes to shit, flipping the fuck out won't help anyone involved, let alone employees. 
failure, okay? Failure, this is the critical moment for any enterprise and the way it's handled has to give people the reassurance that the future is all right, even when it isn't. It's a funny thing because the exit strategy isn't assuming everything is going to end up down in flames. Think of your exit strategy as a prenuptial agreement, all right? It assures your investor that you and him, and in one way or another, will get the bare minimum that you have put in back. This means that that money that he's invested, that product that you bought has to sell in one way or another, whether that means innovating or changing focus or in the worst case scenario, closing it down. In small business, a lot of clients don't even think, let alone want to think about the exit strategy. You know, high off the initial brainstorm and the hope and the excitement, they say to themselves that it's going to work out one way or another, All right, It's not the worst outlook and actually that positivity nine times out of 10 will give business the endurance it needs to survive and the encouragement you need to keep going in the bad times. Having a contingency is a great way to keep on your toes. When the world moves so fast, even a solid idea can become outdated as soon as it hits the market. And this type of plan lets you exercise that muscle to constantly reinvent the way you do business, uh, even how to get revenue. So when you're looking for investment, they want to see the answers to the what ifs. It doesn't matter if you sell clothes, commodities, or produce massive agricultural products. These what ifs are preparing us to know that we can change in an instant and to not have our business in trouble. You know, and right now, our biggest challenge is the daily flip-flop between trade war and trade agreement. This is huge and can impact us. If we don't prepare, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. So even as a small business, being online and serving both Canada and the U.S., you have to be aware that these legislative trump cards being tweeted out at will will, in fact, cause your business a huge disruption if they happen. So a lot of small businesses have lost out in the past six months because of cross-country mail disruptions from weather to vigorous police searches. Surprisingly, the largest purveyors of a trend product called Slime are the ones being hit the hardest. These kids to young adults all around the world who make this comforting, lasting goop, (laughs) you know, that that this goop in an instant sells out and makes them upwards of $10,000 in a single restock. And they can restock almost every weekend to every month. And I'm going to do a call out right now to my favorite Slime account of all time, which is Slime Bun. This first-year university student from somewhere in Canada has been able to amass a following that includes almost a million, with her average engagement of each post around 2,500 comments and almost a quarter of a million likes. This lady and her cute-as-a-button bunny have continuously supported and led the way for the slime community by just being her. She's an absolute doll because she is a kid, and her Instagram stories are personal and real inclusive of her mom just walking in on her. 
And her business is thriving because she can do this all while doing midterms. All right, these these purveyors have a massive global market and they can do it from their kitchen table. But if a single thing like border interference or a simple nor'easter gets in the way, they not only can lose followers, but they can lose clients even quicker. The simple contingency they have is be honest. Unlike larger companies, these slime queens, as I call them, are built 100% up on Instagram and thus can leverage honesty as a tactic to ensure the business doesn't go under. Since 2015, some of these slime accounts have been in business and never lost much of a revenue. Some have run out of product and gone out of business due to lack of time and proper scaling. You know, you have to wonder that a single person selling a single product that's not hard to make at $8 for a little tub and they're making anywhere between 800 and 1500 of these tubs can easily overcome massive challenges by being honest and knowing their limits. That's the key to market survival, never losing that cool and never losing sight of integrity when problems hit. You know, these, these business owners aren't Wharton School educated. They haven't even probably seen an investor, but the uniqueness of the personal integrated into how they sell and maintain stock levels keeps them going. They constantly pull the audience, learn which products the audience wants, even which posts they want to see more of. It really is a true democratic strategy that we we see starting to emulate with other larger accounts. While this isn't exa- an exact exit strategy per se, the slime business can be opened and closed quickly. This type of sell- social selling offers a low risk yet high yield return for the successful accounts. And more so, proves that strategies can really be fluid and open and create lasting businesses. See, when you limit the focus and narrow the strategy, not listening to your audience, you lose out. And now I'd like to give a shout out to hashtag half the story, a wonderful and great movement that we're seeing on social media started by Larissa May of Vanderbilt University and her friends to overcome some of the lies that we're told online. It's all about getting another side of the story and find out who's behind the screen. I'm so excited to be an ambassador for Half the Story. I'm excited to to plug them every moment I get, and I'm excited that they're a sponsor of our show. And we're going to be doing some great things this year. Follow them on Instagram, Twitter, hashtag Half the Story. Learn more about what's behind the screen and how you can get your Half the Story told. Okay, so back on track. How do we figure out what problems can show up with our business? How do we create our exit and innovate a solution? Well, like any good first year student will tell you, a SWOT analysis is key. You're looking at your strengths, your weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, simple. And when we do this simple four panel analysis, we're looking from a high level just the surface definition of what these problems are for our product or service. But when we're taking a look at our contingency plans or exit strategies, 
We need something that explores our threats, but is injected with a lot more guided research. The first step in any exit plan is to always read the bad news market. This is looking at competitors who have failed pretty horribly and dive deep into their missteps. It's a bit pragmatic to a point, but when you read into the mistakes, you can start seeing where they went wrong and planning a pivot point to avoid it or innovate to bounce back. Really the best anecdote for this is a horror movie. You're there watching with your friends, uh, you know, scary movie, it's coming to the point, everybody's run away, they've, you know, broken up, and all of a sudden you hear the peanut gallery go about how that main character should have got that axe and started running against that guy. There's always the one friend who can see how the main character can get out of it. And this is how you have to approach the research. Identifying the fatal flaws can give you a clear understanding of what to expect. Being able to plan for five or six graceful exits gives you a peace of mind and allows you to always keep vigilant on what's going around in the market. This is a big problem. A lot of older companies, and I say that loosely, have this issue with being very narrowly focused when it comes to new and exciting things. So in a 10-year career, I've seen this happen twice. You have a great team, you have a really, really awesome product, amazing marketing, and then somebody from the leadership decides to make a horrible decision. They decide to put their blinders on and not really pay attention to the outside market. What they have is going to work and it's going to work their way. And this happened twice, once because of a reselling black market, secondary market, outselling us and giving the audience what they wanted, which was individual copies at individual prices. And the second time was because the leader just did not want to rebuild. He had a wonderful idea, wonderful site, but the thing is, is that the development of the search engine isn't working. So we have to re, no, he wanted to focus on getting out content pieces and they were surmounting to 3000. Well, if you have the content pieces and you're building the search engine afterward, you're creating an issue. And both these times we had to shut the business down. There was no contingency plan. There was no excuse for this type of behavior other than a bad decision. So being able to plan for even a bad decision allows you to be able to innovate and make the best of it at the end of the day. step in getting an exit strategy is to prepare a personnel package for each possible event. Five or six sounds like a lot, but when you base these strategies on real world examples, these are possibilities that can happen. These packages may never actually hit any employees, but the simple collection of emails in event of these problems help you to mentally go through how to keep cool and to reassure anyone under your leadership that everything is going to be okay. 
You know, in this package might even be some steps to help employees, if you have any, find new roles or be able to apply for social security in a bad time. You need to be able to support your employees, the people who made your business happen, but also be able to have these hard talks. Even if the day never comes, the idea of having to let anyone go is daunting and having such a plan makes it easier on both parties, but more so practicing gives you a little more strength as well. Oftentimes, small businesses have a lot of personnel that are personally close to them. And it's super hard when you have to sit there and say, well, I have to keep my job, but you can't. And a lot of these small businesses, even right now, we're seeing in where I am, Ontario, Canada, the minimum wage has been raised. And we started out at $11.25 a couple of years ago. Now it's all the way up to $14.25, climbing up to $15. This means that small businesses can't get the same breaks anymore. Now we've seen a minimum wage increase multiple times in the last 40 years. There's always a dip. There's always the initial problem that comes with the higher wage. We're not talking a couple of cents here. We're talk talking a full couple of dollars. And that's a full couple of dollars that have to come out of your revenue, that have to come out of your running costs, that have to come out of your own wallet sometimes. Now this is all because we need a living wage and employees need to feel secure wherever they work, whether it be a local coffee shop to the local corporate entity down the road. They want to know that their job isn't going to go away and that if something were to happen, that you have their back. And oftentimes small businesses do have their back in some way. They are so creative in the ways they figure out how that they can bounce back. Even recently where I live, there was a riot of what people are calling the ungovernables, basically an anarchist group who went down one of our wonderfully recovering streets and smashed the windows of all these small businesses. They cited the relationship with capitalism and things like that, but each and every business in there have worked so hard to create their own entity. And a lot of them are paying a higher living wage. A lot of them employ homeless or troubled youth. A lot of them try to work in specific uh, organizations that get people off the streets and into employment. Now there was almost $100,000 worth of damage happening to these stores, windows smashed, tills broken, into money stolen, and what did they do the next day? They started baking, they started making things, and actually took a joke to the fact that a donut shop created a lemon donut with glass shards, calling making le lemonade out of lemons. And they're donating the profits to a charity that helps um, subsidized low-income housing. That really is a good strategy. It may not be an exit strategy, but it's a strategy to pivot and really turn a bad situation on its head. And yeah, they lost money, they lost time, they have to have insurance and they have to have new glass come in, but in the long term, them staying open and them making something better about this situation is giving them a head. And that's what a really good strategy is about, finding a point to pivot.
So finally, we have the, the last step. And I apologize, we've gone over time. But the last step is to draw out or write those strategies out. Now, you know what you would do in an event of. So write them down. Have a file with one, two, three labeled or just incorporate them into your business plan. Prove that with the research done, you can go ahead and recover losses or claim bankruptcy or whatever. Make sure that these plans are communicated and filed with your investors so they know you won't be running scared if anything happens. The biggest challenge to this piece is to not go overboard in the final documents. Because an exit strategy are the what ifs, you need to leave room for some on the fly decisions. But you still need to be clear. You know, oftentimes when I'm doing exit strategies with clients, they'll get overwhelmed and a bit worried and they'll want to have a million steps. They want to make sure that they have everything tightly run, that they know exactly down to the minute, down to the second. This is overthinking and it doesn't help anybody. You just need to state the facts to these questions. What's the problem? Why is there a problem? And how can you recover that loss? Once you do this, your entire business plan will be growing. And after this step, I even see clients go back and look at these exit strategies and revisiting some parts of their current practice to better secure it. Even innovate to get a better market share. It's not just doom and gloom and the what ifs. It's a way to reevaluate your current path so that the future is a whole lot brighter. It's a very important part that a lot of people forget because when we look at the possible negatives, we can make sure that never happens. We can make sure that we can go out and still sell and still find our passion and still grow a business. Otherwise you're kind of left in the wind. I thank you so much for listening this week. I'm sorry we went overboard, but I am so excited to come back next week with a better and bigger podcast. Make sure you check out our Patreon page. Make sure you leave me tweets or suggestions or email me at LexiKubrock at gmail.com, whatever it is. We'll be going on next week on Tuesday as our regular day, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks so much for listening to Hashtag Kill Your Gurus.